Beautiful listeners, you know we love you, and we appreciate all the support you've given us to this point. If you would like to further support us in our art, in our effort to allow these wonderful conversations to continue to take place, head over to patreon.com slash inside the sound. Bob? There she was. That was so pleasant. Let me guess it. Well, hey there, beautiful listeners. Welcome back inside the sound. This is Michael. <laughs> well, that was extraordinarily loud. I, I had my headphones turned up too loud. <laughs> wow. And I don't usually say the music's too loud. I'm usually the one like, let's turn it up louder. But I, I had a rock fist going. It, it should be loud. It's rock and roll. And, uh, well, I, I heard... Ryan, Ryan, you know, since you don't want to introduce yourself, I, let me introduce you. My, my partner, producer, and uh, first-class lead guitarist, Ryan Espino is with us, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. I appreciate that introduction. <laughs> I really uh, Too bad we I don't have the crowd noise button. to what erupt. What happened to our applause yeah. button, man? Uh, you told me to stop doing it. That's Remember not true. That? that is a lie, and I would appreciate it if you would not lie in front of our <laughs> special guest today. <laughs> Um, we do have a special guest today. Would you be so kind as to introduce yourself to our beautiful listeners? Oh, absolutely. My name is Townsend. I'm a singer, songwriter, musician from the Arkansas area, and I'm honored to be on here, honestly. I will provide the sound effects. I'll do the audience work. <laughs> Woo! They go. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, great. yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> My job that is worked. set. I got it. Thank you. We that appreciate was awesome. you so much for coming on. And um, so Arkansas uh, and uh, well, we're just grateful that you take the time out of your day to, to come and join us and chat with us for a little bit. Oh, absolutely. It's an honor. I'm excited. We love talking to people that are trying to do this thing that are in the music world. We, we really think it's extremely important that people continue to share their music with the world. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, I appreciate you letting us share it. It's it's getting really difficult nowadays. You would think it would be easier with technology and being able to get your music out easier, but I don't think people understand. But she said you're a guitar player, right? Yeah. Okay. Were you in a band or are you in a band? We are. Are we still in the band, dude? Oh, okay. Y'all both have nice. Okay. It's kind of one of those things where life makes you put yeah the music on hold i get that when you said difficult i'm like yeah yeah i know it's difficult it's yeah well the landscape's changed so much too to even know what to do yeah how to get started exactly so i I don't think people understand there are even more hats to wear nowadays because it's not just you play good music and you put on a concert now you've got to be good at your own PR, your own marketing, your own designing, your own everything. 
publicity, promotion, all of those things. And it's really hard. And, you know, Spotify, like those streams, I don't know if you've ever heard. Um, I think it came out recently that artists make 0. 0.006 of a cent every time you stream. And so I heard about it, that. Yeah. Yeah. So it used to be you'd sell your CD for 20 bucks. And so you pretty much made 20 bucks back in your pocket. Well, now it takes however many thousand streams just to get a couple bucks in your pocket. So how's that work when Spotify has a hundred mil to throw at Rogan and you know, yeah, it's funny how that works. It's well, funny. It, you know, Townsend, we've talked about this and it kind of feels like the artist, the creative is being taken advantage of in a sense because these big entities like Spotify and what have you without creatives, what would they really have? Oh, absolutely. thousand percent they're taking advantage. And it's a great outlet. I get it. But, you know, Adele was one of the few that was like, no, I'm not doing that. People need to pay for my music. I've created it. So she stayed out of Spotify and turned out she quickly retracted that. And her producers and publicists were like, no, you need to do it because uh, her sales just went because people want free and quick. And so she hopped on the board and it's almost you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. So if you're not on Spotify, no one's going to search for you. But if you are, you're still not making money. So Yeah, it's it's definitely a different world. Like I remember the days when my favorite artist would announce their CD release date. You'd go and you would have to buy Wait the CD. The store. Yeah. Those yeah. are some of my best memories. Yeah. And now it's like, that's also different too. Uh, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but this is just what I'm thinking is go off and feels like, feels like albums were more made back then to enjoy as a whole because of that. Now it's kind of like single based yeah. releases. It feels like. Absolutely. People's attention spans have like technologies made it so short. Like we're, we're ready to be pleased like at the snap of a finger. So we don't have time for 20 songs when we just want to hear that <laughs> one good one. So why would I pay 20 bucks when I can get all the songs I want for 10 bucks a month? So yeah, it is. I mean, I hate to say, I do feel like it is taking advantage, but things have come around like Patreon, which is huge. Oh my gosh. So huge for people like myself, indie artist, which just means independent you don't have anybody helping you out. So anytime I purchase merchandise, it comes straight out of my pocket. Uh, but Patreon gives your fans, like the loyal fans that want to help more than just stream your song and give you like a fraction of a penny. Uh, so they can hop on there. It's almost like a subscription. It's like giving you a tip every month. So you could do five bucks. You could do a hundred bucks a month, whatever you want to do. And that's crucial right now, honestly. Yeah, it's a really cool alternative. It is. It's, it took me addition. a long time to do it. Yeah. It feels weird being like, hey, you should pay me to do my dream, you know? But it's needed now. <laughs> well, what, what a novel people, concept, right? Getting paid. Yeah, yeah. What, right? But people don't see it that way. They think you're just out having fun. They don't see behind the scenes. Kind of like a podcast. Podcasts are a lot of work. It takes... How do you feel about that? Just most people don't understand what it takes even to write one song and get it done. I'm sure.
I think we're actually having a technical issue here. Yeah, there we go. Okay, there we go. Okay. Not sure what happened. Okay, what was that question again? Oh, I was just, just the idea of people not truly understanding, and that's okay, because it's not really their job all the time to understand everything that goes on behind the scenes, but it's a lot of work, and it's Mm -hmm. more than just work, it's you're giving a, a part of yourself away as well. Yeah. Um, I try to be pretty upfront on my social media. Like I want people to see where their money's going if they do join my Patreon. So I'll post videos, videos of me going and buying the envelopes that I ship things in the stamps that I buy to put it on the stickers that I designed and had created and just the whole process of everything. Cause they, they wouldn't know what it entails. Like if you told me you were a entrepreneur or something something of logistics i'd be like yeah cool what does that mean so i don't <laughs> expect people to know if i don't tell them but absolutely i try to be pretty transparent just because i want people to know like if you invest in me like this is where it's going like it takes so much money and so much time and i can promise you like i'm a good investment for you that's kind of what i'm trying to show it's an awesome it is a cool it. way to opportunity too. oh go ahead Go for it. Oh, I just, it presents an opportunity for a lot more artists, a lot more people who have their own niches, you know, their own little, little corners of the music universe, whatever, to, to make their art and have an audience that, that want to hear it. You know, it used to be you had to be connected to the big record labels or, or if you weren't in that heavily in that machine, you weren't getting, you weren't going to make much of a living. I mean, some, some places you could, right. If there was a local scene, you know, but it's somebody in the middle of nowhere, let's say uh, middle of a small town, wherever, wherever part in the world, you know, their access to be able to do this stuff is, is a lot easier. I mean, in that regard, I mean, it's an opportunity really. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the benefit of having all these. That's why I hated to kind of talk bad about Spotify, because really it is pretty awesome for, again, people like me that are indie. If I don't I don't have a record deal or on tour with some of the biggest names and before Spotify, nobody'd care to go buy my CD, you know, and now people can find me at the click of a button. But it's kind of pros and cons, I guess. It did all the I guess another benefit, you know, uh, adding to that is we're not completely at the mercy of these big record labels decision on what needs to be marketed right now or what needs to actually be hitting the public. Yeah. You know, we can literally put out whatever we want to. And like Michael was saying, there's a market for our music. There's a market for your music and the people that, w- that are connect with your music, they're going to have an, a, an option to find it so that is one cool thing about the days we're living in now as opposed to the past yeah absolutely entertainment and one click that's pretty cool definitely i like clicking on things it's, it's great <laughs> <laughs> so take it feels like that's all we do nowadays huh? yeah pretty much oh wait was i supposed to add it. a sound effect i was lacking on my job i'm sorry you know what, Townsend, why don't we um, talk a little bit about how you got started on your musical journey? Yeah, Because that absolutely. is always fascinating to me to find out. 
Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. So it's kind of a long story, but we'll try to summarize it. I feel like there were two journeys for me. The first one. You can give us the long version, by the way. Okay. Really okay with that. I hope you had coffee. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> so starting out, I feel like music has always been in my blood. Honestly, uh, my brother was in a pretty popular Christian rock band. And so there were drums laying around, guitars laying around. And of course, being the younger sister, it was don't touch my drum set. And so then my interest was peaked on, oh, I will touch your drum set and I'll be better than you. And so, <laughs> okay. Oh, you'll no. Yeah. So um, I played drums very not supported by my brother on his drum set. However, I did play drums. So I played for a punk rock band that I started in like junior high, high school. And that was my love, love drums. Um, and then I picked up guitar later in life, um, ended up going to college and some friends. I was in a sorority. They entered me into this like pageant type thing that represents the whole sorority. And so you have rounds. So you have your uh, like formal round or interview round, and then you have a talent round. And so these girls were coming out in gowns and their talent would be like baton twirling and, you know, like playing a flute or singing God bless America. And then I came out. I don't remember this because I was so nervous. It was the first time I'd ever performed like headliner, not behind a drum set. So I had my guitar. I was like shivering and I played a medley of rap songs. <laughs> what? Oh. wow yeah. okay yeah yeah so that's how that went down um and from that day people reached out wanting me to play for fraternity and sorority parties and it just kind of escalated from there um and so from that show i had one of my best friends ended up being he was a stranger at the time but he reached out on facebook and was like i would never heard of this guy ever he's like hey saw you perform i play drums would love to jam sometime and I was like, I don't know you. And yeah, yeah. as a 17 year, year old, I'm like, that seems unsafe. Let's do it. And so uh, <laughs> it was super late at night and I grabbed my guitar. And I remember telling my roommates, I was like, if I'm not back in like an hour, maybe call the cops. I might be missing. I don't know. Uh, so I pull up to this stranger's right. house. Yeah. This male that shot me a message on Facebook. Right pull up and it's like an instant connection. It's like this rundown old house, but you can hear music blaring. They're already having band practice and their guys in and out, like having the best time of their life. And that stirred up one of the best friendships I've ever had. And so he was incredibly encouraging as far as me singing and like heading a band, which I'd never done before. And so I always called him my security blanket. Like he made me feel so comfortable. And so from that day on, we recruited a band, played all the time, played with some pretty big names at that time, like Safety Suit and Push Play, which were number one on the radio at that time. Um, and then in 2016, we played music for, gosh, nine years, probably. Uh, he actually passed away in a car wreck. And oh, so, no. yes, and we were super young and it was very obviously unexpected. And I completely gave up music and just not on purpose and nothing that I consciously made an effort to do, but I always have a music room set aside and we had our instruments in there and I would just walk past it and just had no interest. And anytime I looked in the room and just what caused me so much happiness now caused me a lot of pain and grief. And I just didn't want to face it, you know? 
Uh, so like everybody else, yeah. I kind of put it all down. I quit music completely, had nothing to do with it. Got out of the scene for a long time. And one day, months and months later, I walked in the room, picked up my guitar. And in the matter of literally probably 30 seconds, a minute, I wrote a song called Show Me Home. And it was my second journey in music. And it was almost, it was therapeutic for sure. Um, the lyrics, if you go back, it's actually on Spotify, but the lyrics just talk about how my world's been crushed. Everything's fallen to ashes. I'm lost and I just need him to guide me and show me my way back home. And so after I wrote that song, I had this new fire lit in me that I was going to make an album. I was going to spend all the money I had and I was just going to make it legit because that was our goal. But as college kids, we didn't have a penny between the two of us, you know? Right. And so as an adult, I thought, okay, like there's no better time than now. We always said, we'll do it later when we have money, but it's never the right time. Sometimes you just got to do it. So yes, I recorded an album, great artist, packed out, sold out CD release party. And from that day on, I've been gigging and I truly put Terrence's name on both journeys. Honestly, Terrence was his name and he encouraged me to be the singer of a band back in college. And it started me again now. So it's pretty cool. That dynamic is, uh, (laughs) that dynamic is extremely, um, touching just the fact that music and everything involved with it was such a source of happiness. And then that same thing became, and I, it's completely understandable. The association that was probably there. And then to, to then use that, and I'm sure it was extremely painful, but to use that to heal yourself, that is, that's very, it's very, it's very interesting, but it's, it's very powerful too. Yeah. It, it definitely came around full circle for sure. Yeah. It, yeah. And like I said, it wasn't a conscious decision. It wasn't something like I'm done with music. I don't want anything to do with it. And it wasn't, I'm going to start back music. It literally, I walked by the room one day and I thought, I have an idea. And I went in, picked in, up the guitar and that was it. I mean, it just kind of came out for lack of better word, like word vomit. And <clears throat> just from that point on, I've been booked solid and playing music. And that joy was relit because now it's more, I'm going to do it for him. Like I had the aha moment of, He was my biggest supporter, literally called him my security blanket from day one. I would hire him when I did acoustic shows. I would pay him, no exaggeration, I have videos to sit on stage with me, not do anything. Like if he didn't have an instrument and he had a mic not plugged in, just be like, just because it made me feel better, like it would help my stage fright. Yeah, yeah, just having there. And so, um, yeah, it was an aha moment of he would be so upset with me if I just gave up music because of him. And so the day I wrote that song was kind of like it ignited another, I don't know, it was a, another act of passion, I guess, a fire out of passion. And it's been burning ever since. Michael, did you have something you were going to say there? I didn't mean yeah, to but she actually, step over you. Townsend, you actually answered it. Because I was yeah. wondering, like, what was it that brought you in the room? But it was this creation inside you that had to come out. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There was, 
yeah, nothing specific, just something that had to come out. And like I said, it was like a, I don't know if you've ever written a song, you're musicians, but it was like euphoria, you know, it's like this pain that needed to come out, but I didn't know how to get it out. And I had kind of gotten off track away from home. Like I said, uh, just completely a different person during that healing and grieving. And it's like, it all came out with lyrics and music. It was really cool. It's, it's a fantastic song. Yeah. It's yeah, more that's, than just- it's more than just like I want to write a song because I want to be popular or I want to like it's a it's an expression of mm-hmm. like something that you ha- like something inside of you that you have to express. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever written a song and thought I want to write this song and be popular. Like I feel like and I've actually had this question before for me, which I'd love to hear what you guys think for me. Music is therapeutic and. I don't ever, I can't force a song. They all just kind of come out and it's from experience or from inspiration or pain causes a lot of songwriting. Um, and that's just how it happens. I can't force it and it's never going to be unauthentic or something that didn't happen to me or didn't inspire me to write a song. So yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of feelings behind all of my lyrics and music. And if you go back and listen to Show Me Home, my favorite part. So I called up his family And I thought if he can't be a part of it, I would love his family to be. And so I called him all up. He's got several siblings, mom and dad. Um, A lot of them live pretty far out of town. Some of them live out of state. And so I booked the studio. They all came, every one of them. And we stood in the middle of the room with one single microphone, circled the microphone. And we all sang at the very end of the song, the chorus, like just with just a cello in the background. And so I can't listen to that song today without getting teary eyed. And that was in 2018 that that song came out and you'll have to go back and listen to it. It's a super powerful moment. And after we sang this chorus talking about how like my legs are weak and I need you to be my eyes to see my legs to walk and just show me my way back home because of how lost I am. We sang the chorus and it was just silent. Everybody just kind of stood and we were soaking in that moment. It was one of the coolest things I've ever experienced. It was really cool. That is definitely something that has come up over and over. It seems like through these conversations is not only do we as creators want to create something authentic, like you're talking about, which is very, very authentic and real, but as a listener, you want to be able to feel that real emotion laced into the art. Yeah. And, you know, it takes an element of courage to be able to put that out there. It's very vulnerable. It's like writing, it's like writing in your diary and letting the world read it. Yeah. Did you have any hesitation about, you know, putting that stuff a thousand. Music. Yeah, absolutely. It's terrifying. Every time I put a new song out, it's terrifying. It's, um, I feel like I've always been a pretty, <laughs> do I? Every time it's terrifying. It never, changed. every, no, every time. Literally. <laughs> no, literally, especially for a song so serious or like I've written songs that are a little more sultry or sexy. And I'm like, oh gosh, who's going to judge me for this song? Or, oh my gosh, what if I didn't represent him well enough in this song? Or what if, you know, people know how I feel? 
like it is a very very scary thing to put you all of your emotion and you think this is great and then you hit submit to like spotify and that's it there's no taking it back and so the world gets to read your diary it's terrifying terrifying yeah there, yeah. there is an element no matter what it is right true you yeah. post a little clip of yourself playing your guitar on instagram there is an element of what are people going to think of this yeah absolutely is that do you write music yourself so the we both do when we open the show that's us yeah. that's okay great. very good yeah. i love it i was rocking guitar yeah yeah and we found that to be true as well uh when you're sitting down to write something the best stuff that we've written is when we weren't trying yeah to write anything it's like every time we try it's the worst it doesn't go so well. <laughs> the worst no we have to be just jamming yeah it's always yeah. Go, 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 wait go back do that again let's try that again what do you think about i love this? it yeah it's fun yeah do y'all find it vulnerable like putting your music out it's kind of scary i i can relate yeah i mean i i did yeah. a whole solo album in 2009 and i and i didn't know how to market it and i was frankly afraid to for this yeah, reason. yeah wow it's, a, it's a hard to you know i did everything you know all the instruments and all the writing and everything i mean i i we, we purposely put ryan on one song because yeah. i needed him to be part of it in some way but like yeah and i didn't know what i was doing because it, wow. it is personal and i can relate to this uh you know that that fear that you're talking about right and so wow that's impressive figure this stuff out you know yeah oh absolutely I'm convinced I'll never figure it out, but I think that's part of the ride, right? Just grin and bear it. And I'm always happy when we can kind of enter this realm of discussion because part of what we do in our inspiration is to help people to go for it. And this is one of, I feel like, one of the biggest roadblocks is, well, I, I think I can do it but I'm scared of what people are going to think. I'm scared of dealing with the negative critiques. Uh, is there anything Townsend that has helped you to be able to get over that? Or is it just you had confidence in yourself that you knew that you, you had to get it out? Oh, absolutely not. Um, confidence has never been my highest, like my highest playing card. Um, so I'm self-taught on everything like guitar, singing, so it's always been terrifying for me, especially to be older and out. Like some people start when they're four and they're just these prodigies. I feel like I'm mediocre and I just Listen, like. Can I, can I please interrupt you? Yeah, go ahead. I, I didn't I didn't hear the song that you'd mentioned, but I did get a chance to hear your singing some like some of your music. Yeah. Your voice is is absolutely fantastic. Oh, thank you so much. Well, mediocre is that. not how I would describe it. Not okay, well, thanks. I'll take that. I'll take that. Uh, and I'll give that an amen. Amen. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I feel like um, for me, it's most certainly not confidence. I feel like it's a very tough road to promote anything. Like, oh gosh, I think one of the hardest things is to promote yourself, right? It seems so cocky and arrogant, but that's what's required. Like you have to post selfies and you have to post all of this stuff about me, me, me. And that's so against the grain for me. It's very uncomfortable. But to answer your question, no, thousand percent confidence is not 
what backs me up on that. That's why I paid Terrence to sit on the stage with me in silence just to be that. If I look over terrified, he could look at me and be like, it's okay. We got this. We're good. So I don't really know. I think it, you know, that's a great question because what comes out of it, I think maybe just knowing, I don't know. I feel like everybody's given a gift and who are we to not share that gift that we're given and if I can write these songs and people relate to them or it helps them get through a dark time or it helps me get through a hard time, if anything, I mean, who am I to not share that, right? You brought something up that I find interesting. I don't know that I really thought about it through that lens before, but the idea that you have to have... I don't know if it's um, a level, it's not necessarily a level of cockiness, but putting that spotlight on yourself all the time in a way, like you said, you might not be accustomed to, or it's just not the way that you operate on a normal basis. Uh, that is, it's funny, right? The spotlight's on you and it's kind of inevitable, right? Sorry. That's probably me. It's storming like crazy. Oh. Oh, that's okay. Well, we figured you'd come back in. I'm here. Awesome. I'm here. I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> okay. So the cockiness. It's funny how it has to be like, you have to promote yourself in such a way. Like you mentioned, like posting selfies and things and me, 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 you know, yeah, it's what comes with the territory. Sure. And you have to be comfortable doing that. And it, it is definitely something you have to get used to. And yeah, it, it's also vulnerable, you know? Yeah, really. For me, I don't know how you feel about this Townsend, but I don't even really like looking at pictures of myself. Yeah. In general. No, that makes and two of us. If I don't I, like looking at pictures of you either. If I post them. <laughs> hate it. Well, hate it. that's fine, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that was an opportunity for me to be a jerk and i'll, it I'll was. let it go i'll let it go i'm actually really proud of how mature that response was it's a new day it's new maturity for Ryan. new day it didn't take a little I'm more mature than i was yesterday yeah that's hey, right impressed, man they didn't hear you before you pushed record so we'll just <laughs> you weren't supposed to say anything <laughs> oh i'm sorry i'm just sound effects i'm sorry okay <laughs> Yeah, it's times have changed for sure. Definitely. So when um, is for you, is it really just being authentic and feeling like you have art inside of you to get out that you feel like you have a talent to share? Or was there a moment along the road when you're like, I need to do this no matter what, or maybe I need to dedicate more time to this? Yeah. Um, so like I said, I feel like music has always kind of been in my blood. It's what brings me, man, it lights me up. There's nothing like, I have stage fright, which you would be surprised how many people do, but yet we still do it. I think they call that insane, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so you get on stage, you're terrified, but there's nothing better than getting about two songs in, playing, and you notice everyone turning around and paying attention or singing a song with you or coming up to buy a CD because they enjoyed it. Like there's nothing 
more fulfilling than that or people messaging me about my video I put out and how they relate and how it helped them. Like just the past few months, I think I've had four people reach out. Um, They were on the verge of attempting suicide and actually didn't do it because they'd seen some of my videos I posted. And that is the coolest thing and makes it all worth it. Every, all the struggles. And as far as my moment of like, I have to do this. Yeah. I had that big time, actually in March of this year. So I worked in healthcare and so I was doing both full-time. So full-time healthcare, full-time musician, and just going ragged nonstop. And we were treating COVID patients and it was just so stressful and draining. And I found myself losing my creativity because I was just draining everything I had with the COVID at work. Like you're three layers deep these patients are passing away every single day. It's emotionally, physically draining more than anything I've ever gone through. Um, And one day, like in March, literally it's like a light bulb went off and I thought, this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel like music is where I'm supposed to be. I have this talent, it's being drained. I love helping people. And I feel like I could do better one-on-one with my music. And I started a You're Not Alone series or project where I'm a huge mental health advocate. And so it's just kind of taken off from there. And it's been amazing because I'm still doing what I love, but helping people in the process, which helps me in return. I mean, it's just really cool. So yeah, I had a major aha moment. We're very invested in this idea of uh, mental health awareness. And oh, cool. would you, I wonder if you could talk a little more about that. You said you're a mental health advocate. Can you tell, mm-hmm. a little bit about, can you tell us a little bit about like what that entails and like how you help promote, you know, this with, uh, with, you said that, what, what was the name of it again that you started? It was, it's called you're not alone. You're not alone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. God, that's awesome. Y'all are into that. I love it. Some people have no idea what I'm talking about when I mention mental health. They're like, Oh, cool. You're crazy. Um, let me, could I just this interject that, that real quick? It literally, is, yeah, please do. I'm, I have dealt with severe mental illness. So the fact, oh, she dropped out there. Wait for her to come back here. She is freeze. It's storming over there in Arkansas. There she is. All right. I changed. You're back. I changed my Wi-Fi out. All right. You've dealt with severe. Yeah, I've dealt with severe mental illness. And uh, thank you for doing what you're doing. Because as far as things have come, destigmatizing and helping people with it, it, it still feels like people don't quite understand how severe and debilitating it can be. So all the awareness that we can get, the better. But go ahead and continue and talk about uh, what you're doing specifically. Yeah, I should thank you for sticking through it. Um, That's people don't understand. I feel like the people that make it through severe breakdowns, severe dark times are really the brave ones. Right. I mean, that's hard. Um, We all have dark days, but it doesn't compare when you add on a diagnosis or anything like that. 
it's it's something that people can't even comprehend and i feel like that's where the stigma comes from if you've not suffered from it you can't even wrap your head around the idea of it and so my idea is just to help bring awareness to all these different areas so again it's kind of a long story but when i lost terrence i went through crazy grief and it was just a very very dark time i was young i didn't understand like we were supposed to be invincible i couldn't talk to my friends because they hadn't they didn't understand right so it's kind of like mental health like they hadn't suffered something so big at that age and so they could listen to me but they lacked empathy the sympathy i needed in that moment so i i felt reserved there there was a lot going on with my family as well i lost contact with my dad and at the same time and so i didn't want to be a burden to my family so i kept everything to myself which we all know keeping it bottled in is never the solution so i think i had to reach out for help and it was honestly a a kick in the neck, you know, like just a slap to your pride because you're like, okay, I can't do this by myself. Something is wrong. And that was the hardest thing was acknowledging I can't do this by myself. And so I made a goal from that day. I never wanted anybody to feel as alone as I did during that dark time because I felt completely isolated. And it I don't mean that as a slap to the people that love me. I have plenty of people that love me. I've got a great family. I've got great friends. But in that moment, I just felt so isolated because I didn't want to be a burden. And then my friends hadn't, like I said, suffered anything that great. So they couldn't really offer me the consoling that I needed at the time. It was more like, oh, I'm so sorry. You want to grab pizza? I'm like, no, you don't understand. Yeah, um, right. yeah so that, that's kind of where it came from. It stemmed from that. Like I suffered anxiety. I started having anxiety, which I'd never had before. I'd had a couple of panic attacks were, that were atrocious. I don't wish that on anyone. Um, and so that led to another song called Watch the Walls. Um, and from advice from my therapist, I actually picked up the phone and called a therapist after a panic attack and was like, something's wrong. And she told me, you know what? write a song about it because more people than you know suffer with this and so i had so many people reach out just talking about how this song hit home for them and how they suffered with all these things and uh, this is exactly how they felt and i thought well i can do more than a song so i put out a music video and they're like oh yeah 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 and i thought i could do more than a music video so i put together another little you're not alone uh, helped people share their stories. It got so much traction. I thought, well, I can do more than that. And so I started um, live streams, which will turn into podcasts. But every month I do two live streams over a variety of topics from OCD to bipolar to eating disorders, anxiety, um, some really big names like influencers are on there talking about their struggles. And basically, I want to use my platform not only for music, but I want to use it to spread hope and love, awareness, help people realize like we all should focus on mental health. Mental health doesn't mean mental illness necessarily. Like it's a huge umbrella and we've got physical health, emotional health and mental health. And people forget the mental health and how important it is. And so just kind of like I said, just kind of trying to beat that stigma of associating it with a padded room and your arms tied behind your back because that's just not necessarily what it is, right? Um, 
So it's been really, it's been eye-opening for me. And really, it's been cool. I've learned a lot of things that I wouldn't have known before. It's honestly made me love that subject more than I ever had. And just to realize, like, people really need people. Yeah, you brought up uh, something extremely important. It's a lonely road to walk. And I'm sure you can echo that. So the fact that you're really striving to help people that feel alone to have someone to turn to i think that is one of the biggest aids that you can offer if you can make someone who's really feeling trapped to be like i'm not alone i have someone who who's not gonna ridicule me but who's gonna understand so that's really awesome yeah thank you so much yeah i actually ended up getting a tattoo of my you're not alone logo just to kind of remind me of my why you know uh because you do all these things and you work yourself to death and you do all this research and when i look down i remember my why is to help people not feel the way that i felt before and to help remind myself that you don't have to do that alone it doesn't have to be that isolating um but kind of what you were going off of being ridiculed someone very very close to me that i love dearly and they meant nothing by it but it was one of the most devastating conversations I ever had. So I'd started having anxiety. Um, Of course, I'm sure depression was tied in with it from losing all these things at one time. And so I had planned about this conversation. I was going to tell them what was going on. I was going to kind of ask for help. I'd put it all together. I was shaking. I was so nervous to actually admit it to somebody. We went out to dinner, we sat down and I was like, okay, so I think, I think what I'm, suffering with is anxiety and they looked at me and they said well just don't think about it and you won't be anxious and I felt and again they meant nothing by it they were trying to be encouraging like we'll just change your mind it's like walking into Hobby Lobby and seeing the sign that says choose joy and they're like screw you I try you know (laughs) so um yeah it was like somebody throwing that sign in my face and just being like well don't be sad just choose joy and I, I think people don't realize it's not that easy and so I went to my therapist I explained like I don't know how to explain it I feel super shut down that made me put up more walls you told me to reach out for help and here I am And so she gave me an analogy, which maybe you can relate to. I'd love to hear what you think. But so she told me, try again, have them again and tell them, okay, so here's an analogy to help you as someone who's not had anxiety, understand it a little bit better. It was imagine me being on a boat and it's just me on this boat and the waves are coming in. It's storming like crazy. And this boat is going under, it's sinking. And I'm just, I'm in the middle of the ocean completely by myself. And you're watching me and I have no life jacket and I can't swim. So it's just destined that I'm going to sink with this boat. And I see it sinking. I'm in the middle of it. The waves are coming in. The boat is crashing. It's going underwater. And I'm just there while it goes underwater. That's anxiety. And so when I explained that to them, they got super teary and they were like, oh, my gosh, I'm so, so, I had no idea. And it was kind of that breakthrough that let me know they didn't mean to hurt my feelings. They didn't mean that they weren't there. They just couldn't, they just didn't understand. And so I, I, I want to help people understand. 
Yeah, it, I, I feel like the misunderstanding might be one of the roots of the problems because there is an element of, you know, you talked about everyone has bad days, right? And so most people have the, well, just suck it up or yeah. just, just don't, like you said, don't think about it or try to focus on something else and you'll get through it. But when you have a severe mental illness, like you said, it's not that simple. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I also feel like another one of the problems is it's a covert thing. Like mm -hmm. you could look at someone who's on the verge of wanting to commit suicide as an extreme example, and they could look happy, healthy on the outside. It's invisible. Yeah, it's yeah. invisible. So like one of the things that I always said is if someone is in a wheelchair and they come up to a set of stairs, no one expects them to go down that. They're going to they're gonna help them get down it or they're going to find a ramp or an easier way to get down. You know, and I kind of feel like people with extreme mental illness are expect to find a way down the stairs alone and everyone expects them to go down and it's like it doesn't work that way and yeah, like you I said it's roll more down these yeah to my <laughs> <An> education death, <laughs> yeah it's the education element of it right yeah do you feel like that analogy relates even for you michael i don't know if that's something you've you've had well, but does that analogy relate yeah it does i mean and you know ryan said i when he explained to you a situation, but he could have easily said we, he just didn't want to speak for me, but this is sure. one of the reasons exactly. why friends and, and why we connect and why we've had a friendship last for almost two decades, because um, he's one of the few human beings alive that I've ever been able to explain any of this stuff to. And he's like, yeah, I've been through that. I know what you mean. It sucks. Like, it, yeah. Um, so it's, it, this is why it's important to us to talk about this stuff. This is why yeah. I want, I wanted you to, to really tell us the long story and, and give us all those details and, and explain where you're coming from and explain things like this, uh, like, you know, what it's like, you know, if, uh, you're drowning and, and no one can see that you're drowning, Yeah. you know, like few people understand that. And, sure. um, I don't know. I just feel like, uh, especially, you know, especially in like, because I worked a corporate job for many, many years, and especially in an environment like that, it's like the expectation is you produce. They don't really care about the ups and downs and peaks and valleys of, of life, you know, life that happens. Yeah, um, outside of those four walls. Right, yeah. Exactly. You know? So it, it, it's... It's just, it's just all around. It, there's just so many other things. And like you said about, I can't remember, this might've been before the podcast, but, or maybe it was during, but it, no, 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 it was during, attention spans, people's attention spans yeah. being short. People don't even want to hear about this. Sure. It's you bad know? news. We'll yeah, just swipe just, left or swipe down just, or. Yeah. Go listen to this great new song or, I'll, or this whatever. Yeah. You know, next Back video Townsend. on TikTok. That's it. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. funny, Michael. Uh, we can empathize with each other, right? Townsend, we can empathize with you we, because we've been through it. Yeah. And I, I feel like there is, you know, you bring up attention spans. The patience level for understanding why an adult can't get out of bed and do what they need to do. Mm. Most people are like, what's with Ryan? He, he can't get out of bed and go to work? He's so lazy. Grown man? Yeah, he's an adult. And it's like, I can't explain what is going on. 
So, yeah. so yeah, it's, it's a serious thing right now. And I, I feel like we're, there, there has been strides taken, you know, to help and, and there is more understanding. Um, how do you feel about that Townsend? Like the state in general of the understanding level, the, the, the benefit of the doubt, the, the empathy, do you feel like we are going in the direction that we need to? Um, honestly, I feel like our generation and below is headed in the right direction, right? I feel like it's being more put up front. It's being talked about more. It's all over social media. People are discussing their feelings way more. You know, statistics are coming out talking about gender roles kind of aren't really a thing anymore. And I say that, because you know, I, I felt people's eyes roll listening to this when I said gender roles. But you think about it. <laughs> it relates a thousand percent because you think about for me, I would work with adults and the 80 year olds think, well, I'm a man. I don't get anything but mad. And that's it. That's the only emotion I have. And I'm expected to deal with everything and I get money and that's it. I can't show too much love. I can't cry. Well, that puts a lot of toll on you. And then the women who are 80 right now, they believe Can have another brief pause here. Really cool to watch. And they're coming out with statistics. Are, you cut out after the women who are 80 right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you broke up there. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so the women who are like 80 right now, they talk about they were expected to stay home and cook meals and raise children and not leave the home. And you don't complain to your husband and you don't get mad at your husband and you don't cry. And so they held all these emotions in. And now gender roles are changing. I was saying that's important to know because statistics are showing more men are staying at home. More men are lovey-dovey with their kids. More women are working. And I just feel like we're totally breaking the mold, which is bleeding into the mental health area. And I think it's awesome to watch. It's really cool. Um, men are, aren't expected to just be angry and to provide the money for the household anymore, you know? Like if you saw a man cry, you wouldn't be like, oh, get it together. You're a man. Rub some dirt in it. I think I think our generation understands it way more. And I think we're headed in the right direction. Yes. Do I think we're there yet? No. It feels like we're getting to the point, you know, like the younger generations, especially in accepting that there are a range of personalities personality types whether you're a man or a woman and there you can't really put anyone in a box as far as how they should operate and like you said it's a recipe for disaster if you're forced to hold stuff back to be to pretend to be someone you're not and it's going to cause an implosion absolutely your kids are going to suffer just from watching you hold back so long, you know, like yeah. now those men that are 80 and didn't love on their kids because I thought that was the mother thing to do. Now their kids have all these weird, like connection issues and separation anxiety. And I'm not saying what's right or not right. It's different for every person. I'm just saying right. things are changing and things are being brought to the attention of people of, Oh yeah. Okay. So I feel like mental health, 
really is taking a front seat as far as attention for people. And it's really, it's cool to watch for sure. Go ahead, Michael. What you got? I'm still thinking. No, I just, you know, you talk about like generals. I, I don't even know, like, look at how weird and how like alien this life that we live is compared to how we evolved to live. Uh-huh. We evolved, we came out of trees and we evolved like to hunt and gather and and then we started this thing called agriculture and it completely changed everything the way we live the way we move you know i just i wonder how much of this anxiety and i wonder how much of the mental health crisis that we face at least here in the west is is a symptom of like how you know we're sort of stuck in this modern world it's not like we can just snap our fingers and go back to it so it's like how do we continue to evolve in a way that's stable and healthy. Cause it, if you look at what we're doing to the planet, if you look at what we're doing to each other, it, it's, it's a lot of chaos and there's a lot of, uh, well, we just care about today and not really think about the future. So I, I wonder if, if maybe like the modern lifestyle is, is really um, well hindering our mental health in a lot of ways. A thousand percent. I never thought it, like the first thing that came to my head was like a monkey stuck in a cage and like has to put a suit on and it's just right. forced to stay in that cage when the jungle's like out there just staring at him you and he's got this suit on work. Beard too. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's kind of, that's the mental picture. I just got hearing you say that. And none of I mean, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, you know, like yeah. noises either when you got exactly. it. Yeah. But it's like when you force that monkey has a real job classrooms, you know, right. <laughs> They're little monkeys and we expect them to sit in these desks for eight to 10 hours yeah. plus. Yeah. Like a job. I, it's, yeah. I think yeah. Uh, technology a million percent has affected mental health. It's, it's definitely had an adverse effect on it as great as it is. It's awesome. The attention span, you know, we talked about earlier, you're just swipe, 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 and just numbing everything, watching all these videos that mean nothing. Everything is instant gratification, but how much of that is affecting our mentality, right? You see all this people post their best selves on social media. So you're comparing 24 seven and then you're numbing 24 seven. And then you're doing all these things. You're soaking in all that. Like we talked about, we don't watch the news cause it's negative, but I bet you scroll through TikTok and Facebook and even these pointless videos that you're drowning yourself in, they're affecting your mental health as well. Right. 100%. Like we should be outside hunting and gathering. Yeah, like looking at the sky and trees and, yeah. and other and life, you know, so much of even it's a outside, great illusion in cities. It's yeah, it's an illusion. It's artificial. It's not actual nature. The great illusion of social media. The great illusion. Yeah, yeah. it's With addictive. The- they found it's kind of like a drug. There is literally a social media addiction that they're coming out with a diagnosis of like it just it, it treats your mind yeah. like you're taking a hard. Your freeze. Uh, you know, that's very believable, though, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, terrifying. You cut out there a little bit. Treat your um, mind like you were saying a that. Drug, I think is what you're saying. I'm sorry, right. my internet's terrible. Like I said, it's storming really bad here. I think it's messing with my Wi Fi. Um, it's your fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
they're coming out with studies that talk about social media and your cell phone are affecting your brain a lot like a, a hardcore drug would. And so they've, they're starting to count how many times someone even touches their cell phone to swipe to look at an app, even if they don't look at it. And it is a disgusting amount of time. And it's not even, none of it's conscious. You're just doing it out of subconscious. It's really crazy that we've come to that. So all that to say, you know, to, yes, it affects mental health. <laughs> you know what, Townsend, you brought something up uh, when you were telling your story that I think is very important. You said you, you work in healthcare, which is fine. It's admirable. It's great. If that's what you want to do 100% of the time, fantastic. But you were saying for you personally, it was starting to drain your mental faculties and other things that you value. But you were conscious enough to say, look, I need to find a balance. I need to work this out. Whereas some people might just try to plow through at the expense of their their mental health. Would you have any maybe any pointers or ideas on when would be a good time to like reevaluate or what cues maybe you should focus on yeah, in your daily great, life? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I try to be since that time in my life, which was around 2016, about 2018 was when I started putting the light on myself. Like, okay, I can fix this with all the, you know, I can go to therapy and I can reach out for help so around that time, I really dove into being self-aware. And so I try to be self-aware of where I am mentally because it's kind of like an old change. You got to go in and check your mental health pretty frequently. It's not a wait five years and put it on the shelf and then worry about it when your world comes crashing down. Like you need to keep check just like your physical health and things like that. Um, so for me, a lot of changes happened with insurances and with patients. Our patients were dying left and right from COVID, this worldwide pandemic. We're going to work where we can't breathe at all. Um, we're dripping sweat. We come home exhausted. We're four gowns deep, three gowns deep. Like I said, watching people pass away and you're not given the time to grieve. You would literally walk into work. You were given a list of who had passed away over the night. And it was, okay, you're expected to treat everybody else. Don't worry about those. You just got to keep going. And no one had time to grieve. And so I watched my best friends at work just crumble from the mental health and just is almost abuse, but not anybody's fault. It was just a worldwide pandemic that nobody was ready for. And the people that were helping and putting their lives on the line were getting crushed the most because of expectations like we added all of these things and, but you're supposed to be as productive as before, as happy as before, all of these things, but work harder with all of these things added on, like not being able to breathe. Right. But standards are still the same. Expectations are still the same, if not higher. And so mental health wasn't focused on by insurances or by these companies. They just wanted these patients to get their care and, they didn't care how they got it. And I just think the world wasn't prepared for that. And so for me, I was very aware of how off it made me. I was drained completely. I was always in a bad mood. The workplace was very toxic because we were all in a bad mood. Um, and watching my coworkers, I made the leap. And a lot of them had to stay because of 
financial situations. And that was really hard to watch because they couldn't just jump out because they've got this many kids and a wife to feed, like all of these different factors that made me lucky to be able to jump out of that situation. So it's different for everybody. For me, I had to take time to self-assess and be like, okay, why am I so drained? Why am I feeling this way? Why do I feel so negative all the time? And the, the one thing was work, right? Like this atmosphere. And I feel like music is what brought me peace. And I had completely rid of that. There was no self-care happening. And so that's kind of what made me make my choice. I feel like people that are stuck in that position, you have to kind of weigh the pros and cons. Like for me, mental health is way more important than a paycheck. And I say that with, I I know people again are rolling their eyes, but for me making a million dollars in anything, if I'm miserable at the end of that, right. But if I'm paying my bills and I'm able to eat, but I'm happy as can be, I would choose that every day over a million dollars. Right. Um, So for me, that's how I made my choice. Now for other people, I feel like it's just super important. If a paycheck is more important for you than your mental health. Okay. Like that's your choice, but self-care is crucial because those same people that are choosing to stay there to feed their kids and their wife are going home and being not a good husband because they're drained and they're tired and the only thing you're doing is bringing in some money. Right. And I, I don't think they realize like it affects all of you and it affects all of your loved ones. And so it's this big umbrella. So a long answer to say, I feel like honestly, for me, the biggest thing was counseling, like just being able to go spill my guts to somebody professional who could give me an opinion and advice outside of a toxic workplace because when you vent at work it just turns into everybody venting about the same thing and it turns toxic quick um doing whatever whatever helps you the most like uh waking up early in the morning and taking 20 minutes to be quiet to do meditation to do uh bible study whatever brings you peace but you've got to keep self-care somewhere in there or you're going to get lost in the world we're in today. It just is easy to drown in the world today and the expectations. So um, for me, the answer was very obvious. Like I said, I had that aha moment of, man, what am I doing? Like I'm going to make a leap and it'll work out one way or the other, but I understand not everybody's in that position. So it's easier for me to say, but I do think self-care for sure should come way higher than a lot of people put it. Yeah. Well, I hate to say it, but like a lot of corporations, governments, political parties, they're invested in us not having self-care. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of a, a lot of those things, uh, whether or not it's Russian troll farms or whatever, they're invested in, in, in creating chaos and creating situations where people are panicked and fear. And you've seen it. You know, there, there's there's a reason why, you know, we went we've gone through this pandemic certainly it's not like it's not real, but the fear, there's been so much fear and it's created a lot of anxiety and sure. it, it's just, but that's not the, you know, the, that's just the one thing, you know, before that it was terrorism. And before this, there's always yeah. something that the, this yeah. is why I had to stop watching news 
Exactly. You know, but I feel like that was, that was your, even as small as it was, that was your step towards self-care, right? Oh, yeah. Tiny, but people need to be a little bit more self-aware. So for me, all three of us, I feel like that was our tiny step. I don't watch the news. Ryan said earlier, he doesn't watch the news and that's one tiny thing, but guess what? It probably helps exponentially. So I'm making those tiny things, but yeah, I agree. Like the government is like not into these mental health things, especially in America. Like we're so work driven, like we're, we're horses, you know? You know, you also brought something else up that I think is extremely valuable. Um, your priorities in life. Is it, is it about being happy? Is it about doing what you actually want to do? Or is it just about making money or accomplishing X, Y, or Z at the expense of everything else, including your mental and physical health? And it, it feels like we're trained to believe that making money, and don't get me wrong, you have to find a way to provide for yourself. I understand that. Uh, but that certain goals should be at the expense of everything else. And Absolutely. I don't, I don't understand where that thought process took hold to where most people feel obligated to hold it in, not talk about if they're sick, not talk about, I mean, how many people just went to sick, you know, or went to work sick physically just cause they couldn't stay home, yeah. you know, and that's not even getting into the mental health. Yeah. So that's it's just, yeah. I went to Spain several years ago. And when we were there, he wasn't talking bad about, but he was comparing Spain to America. And he was saying, you know, I've lived in New York before for a long time. Um, he's a native from Spain. And he said, America has it all backwards. And he's like, you spend your whole life working for money to live when you finally get to live and retire, you spend all the money you make on healthcare because you've worn yourself out. And so he made it sound like all these other countries are making fun of America because we're just work horses. And we think we've got it all right as they sit back. And, you know, he talked about his situation, particularly he and his wife both had doctorates in biology and they were researchers and biologists making great money doing studies and they both quit to do what they loved. She's a painter and he does tour guides. And so, and his, when I asked, how do you make that decision? He was like, what do you mean? That's what we love. Like you live one time who he was so confused. And in my head, I thought, no, in America, even for me, when I tell people I'm a musician, they're like, but what do you do for money? Like literally I, you tip me. That's how I pay my bills. Yeah. We've heard that plenty yeah. of times. No, but really what's your job? Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That, uh, well, I guess Part it's in it on an individual basis, right? Oh, hopefully, absolutely. Hopefully conversations like this can, you know, maybe help other people be like, wow, I'd never even, thought that it was an option i didn't until i got yeah. older you know and life happened and experiences happened and i had a huge aha moment and that's really when i was like holy cow you only live once like what am i doing trying to please other people 
why am I working this job that drains me completely that I dread coming to, you know? So yeah, it, it took age and experience, I guess, for me. Again, Michael, I think I talked over you there. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure I talked over you, oh, okay. uh, which is why I gave you the floor. No, I, I, I don't remember what I was going to say, but I, I had another thought, that I guess, um, I wanted to point to because I was the one that brought up about the modern lifestyle. I was thinking that for all its faults, it does present us with opportunity. So we've never been more connected. We've never been more able to find communities, build communities um, like what you've done, right? What you're, what you're doing with, with your work as well. Like that's possible now. And this wasn't an option 30 years ago. You know, and that's we're only going to continue to be become more and more connected as as uh, not just society, but around the world. And we've seen with the pandemic, look how connected we actually all are yeah. at this stage of the game. Like, yeah, you know. I think we have to be super careful, too, though, like a ton of studies talk about mental health with virtual connection versus face to face connection. And as awesome as it is, like I already feel super close to you guys. And I'm like, man, that'd be really cool to get to know it. Like we are wired to be shoulder to shoulder and to have those handshakes and to have those hugs to greet each other or whatever. And so as cool as it is, and you do get relationships, it still doesn't compare to face to face, but it's a really cool start. Again, I feel like the generation below us and our generation is, has a really cool setup. Like, we just have to use it correctly rather than locking ourselves in our room and watching TikTok for 72 hours. I think that's an important <laughs> distinction to make, Townsend. I really, really do. But you're right, because it's, you know, there is a pseudo connection, right? Yeah. Which is not what I was talking about. But, it, but, but that's, we substitute, don't we? Sure. Yeah. It's yeah, easy. That's like texting. Yeah. Like, I text my friends to catch up, but, really mentally they've done studies that doesn't really do you as good as catching some coffee with them. It's the same conversation, but you're not texting it. You're actually having human interaction and the way it fuels your body is completely different. It's on like ozone different layers, which is crazy to think about, um, which is cool. I do kind of want to plug. So my, you're not alone project on my Facebook page, Townsend T music. There's a group that you can see on there called you're not alone. And it's a private group. You have to ask for um, an invite. So you just click on it to be in, invited. And I have started for that reason, a private group where people can come on and talk a little se more seriously. If you have a problem, type it in there. If you want to give advice, type it in there, like just spread positivity. And I've also with that group tried to meet up like a Saturday a month to grab coffee or whatever, just whoever in this group is close enough and wants to meet. So I'm trying to make that more of an effort to meet face to face with something that started out as like a virtual community, but something, so you've got Instagram where all these randos come on. And then I want to make a group that was a little more like specified and like, okay, you can come here to talk about things or to vent or to provide advice. And then one step closer is face to face communication. So I encourage people, if you're listening and you guys as well, to join that group. I just, I love providing those outlets for people, whatever I can do to help. Well, that's, 
very awesome of you everything yes. you're doing thank you for being here today thank you for sharing all the insights and the uh you know being very candid with personal experience as well we we very much appreciate this conversation is there anything specific that you have coming up musically or otherwise that you'd like to talk about and where would you direct people that that are looking to associate with you digitally or in person through one of the groups yeah absolutely man i would encourage it for sure uh, like we talked about earlier supporting indie artists such as you guys and myself is critical right now um but i actually have a new song coming out it's called stay and it releases october 22nd people can pre-save it which is super important nowadays we've talked about how the world has changed but it kind of draws some attention to spotify to be like oh who's this person that people are wanting to save their song early maybe we'll put them on uh like a list a playlist which gets you more streams um but yeah that song is really awesome i feel like this cd it's the first one i've done since that show me home cd which was just full of my journey through grief and heartache and then this CD came along and I feel like you can hear the difference in personality and you can hear the difference in the journey. This one's a little bit more upbeat, a little more lighthearted. And it talks about kind of, I don't know, just how much I've grown. Like I can hear the difference in the two CDs and it's really cool to be able to compare where I am as a person. And so I encourage people to pre-save stay i recorded it in nashville with a multi-grammy winning producer uh, some internationally traveling and touring musicians the best i've ever heard honestly i heard them play and got super teary i was like what is happening my eyes are leaking they're so good That's um, awesome. yeah so i would encourage people to do that you can buy the cd on my website townsendtmusic.com of course all my socials please follow you can keep up with my You're Not Alone project. I would love to have more people get involved and spread awareness and just share, share, share. Try to, like you said, beat the stigma. And I'm just trying to make one small step in the right direction. And that's all on my social media, which is Townsend Team Music. And eventually we're getting those onto podcasts, but we're kind of in the process right now. Fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's been a pleasure chatting with you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. It's our pleasure. Um, thank you. And thank you for sharing what you did and for what you're doing. Um, Ryan, what about you, man? You got any other words of wisdom or anything else you want to share with our beautiful listeners? Let's just be wild and free. Wild and free, baby. I love well, it. We love you all. Bye. Was that too loud for you, Ryan? Or okay, just just curious. <laughs>